Thank you for listening to Fearless LA. We believe that where love is greater, fear is less. Tune in today to hear a life-changing message from our lead pastor, Jeremy Johnson. If someone claims, I know God, but does not obey God, that person is a liar. Wow. You're getting nervous because you put it in there. Don't worry, it's, it's fine. That's, that's why you're getting nervous. It's like, dude, if someone claims, look, I mean, you ever met someone that knows God? I know God, but they're not doing his will. This is what the, the Bible says. They don't obey God. That person is a liar. God, how important is God's will in our life? He, he goes on to say this. Um, and I know it's not going to get a lot of amens. That's okay. I'm, I'm okay with awkwardness. Verse 22, Matthew 7, 22. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord. We, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not drive out demons? Did we not perform miracles? In other words, hey, did I not attend church every Sunday? Did I not minister to my boss? Did I not put on my Facebook, I'm a Christian? Did, did I not wear that t-shirt that, that I got from Fearless and I repped it? I mean, I was embarrassed, but I re you know, I, I, no. did, did I not put the Jesus bumper sticker on my car? Did I not, did I not minister to that person? Did I not prophesy? Did, not, did I not do all the stuff you needed me to do to, 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 to be in the right place? And God's trying to, he's trying to help with some, with some because we are so good at being human doings. Like, I'm going to be a human doing. I'm going to do so you can love me. I'm going to do so you can see me. I'm going to do. I'm gonna do. And God's saying, look, I don't need a do. I don't need a human doing. I need a human being. I need you to be in my love. And the only way you can remain in my love is if, if you obey me. The obedience is the connection we have. When you know me, you'll obey me because you know I know more than you. I got this down better than you. Look, for many times in my life, I'm fighting God because I'm like, God, I got this life and you don't know what I'm doing. That, that wouldn't be anybody else, right? But that's what I do. And God's like, no, I, I, mean, I designed your life. I, I, you know, look, this, this, is like, this is like me thinking that this piece of equipment knows better what it's for than the person who designed it. How do you use this? How do you use, how do you use yourself? It's like, it doesn't talk. Doesn't, it, it, in comparison to the person that designed it, it has no power. And here we are with the master designer and we don't even ask his opinion. Father, like, what do you have for me? Maybe what he has for you is better than what you have for you. In fact, not maybe, it is. It says, look, look, Lord, didn't we prophesy? Didn't we do miracles? Didn't we drive out? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Now, that's a scary verse, guys. That's like, I mean, that doesn't freak you out a little bit. Like, yeah, I'm getting nervous just reading that. Like, that's convicting. Like, God doesn't want you to be a doing. He, he wants to know you. Look, he doesn't want religion. He wants relationship. This, this ought to make you excited. God is not looking for a Christian robot. He's looking for sons and daughters. He's looking for people. He said, look, I didn't know you. That was great that you did all that stuff. Pray. God, thank you for advancing my kingdom. But really, I didn't want you to do it. I wanted to know you. I wanted to do it with you. 
I wanted us to walk together. I wanted, I wanted to know you. And then to say, e away from me, you evil doers. Have you ever been convicted, like guilty of being an evil doer? You're just so good at doing that you forgot it wasn't about doing. It was about being. That this whole thing that we're doing right now is not about doing. Look at Fearless. I have to keep it in my heart. Our church is not about doing. This, this, this Christian walk is not about attendance. It's about engagement. Like, I don't care if you come every week. If you're not engaged, then it's not doing anything in your life. Look, engagement comes. Like, me and my wife can go on a date. If I'm checked out, <laughs> right? I could say all the right things. I could take her to all the right places. But she doesn't want to go on a date so that I could do the date. She wants to go on the date so we could connect. Like the date is not about going on a date. She doesn't give a rip about the movie, especially the one I want to see. It's not about checking it off. It's about being together while you check it off. The thing you're doing is just to have something to do. Look, we think prophecy is really about just prop. No, God's like, let's just do something together. You want to prophesy? Let's do that. You want to cast out devils? Let's do that. You, you want to heal the sick? Let's do that. All I want to do is do stuff with you. I just want to hang out. This is how a father acts with kids. When I'm with Brave or Lyric, I don't care what we're doing. I mean, really, like, I like riding bikes. I mean, like the bike, I, it's not like I'm not like taking up bikes as a sport now. I'm 38 years old. I'm just, this is not a hobby. I'm just on the bike because he wants to be on the bike. And if he wants to be on his bike, I want to be on my bike. And we're riding together. I want to do stuff with him. But I want him to want to be with me more than want to do the stuff. God is saying, look, look if, you, if you would understand, my greatest will is to know you. My, my greatest passion is to be close to you. Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. The rain came down. You never had the rain come down, huh? The streams rose up. I could put this in, in English. The rent rose up. And the wind blew and beat against the house. <laughs> The, the friends came in and beat against the house. The words came in and beat against the house. The people didn't come in. They left and beat against the house. The, the job, <laughs> you had a good job until you got a new boss. And that new boss doesn't like you like the old boss liked you. And it was a good place until now you got the streams are coming down. The water, and you don't even know which way you are. And it's all coming against you at the same time. Hmm. Yet it did not fall because the foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose up, the wind blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. Hmm. to put his words into practice, to, to, to not just hear it, 
but to allow it to become real. Like God's, God's not saying, don't call me Lord. He's saying, don't call me Lord and then, and then not let me be Lord. He's saying, look, this word to put into practice, we talked about this last week. I have a friend that was in the Super Bowl, and, and I was trying to get him to give a, give a video shout-out. Just a quick, you know, takes two seconds, you know, video shout-out, you know, clip it, erase it from your iPhone, and text it to me that I was going to give to the church. I thought, there's no way he won't be able to do that. And guess what? He couldn't do it. He didn't have enough time. He, I mean, and I know he's not a liar because he's a man of God. He, he texts me, said, bro, I barely have the time to get off this text. I do not have time to send you that video for your church because I didn't realize the amount of practice, even though we are practiced, that I would have to put into preparation to be ready for what was coming against me. This, this word practice stands out to me like it did with my friend because I wonder how many more times he threw a pigskin ball against the hands that he had been throwing against all year, or how many more times, how many thousands of times upon a thousand times that he would take this catch one more time. I wonder what they were doing. They say in the NFL, the best athletes are the ones that don't think anymore. The ones that they've done it so many times, it, they, they, their bodies become faster than their minds. In other words, they lead with their heart, not their head. They've, they've done it so many times that it becomes natural. And in fact, I guarantee the first time you practice is not as great as the last time you practice. Even before a game, you'll see out on the field or, or before a basketball game, people will come out onto the arena and they'll start shooting. It's like, hasn't he shot enough? No, just a few more. Let me get a few more in here because what they're doing is they're practicing. Because what happens in practice is, is not really what happens in life. When, when you start allowing it to be in practice, then when life hits, something greater happens. No one's worried about the practice. They're not frustrated if you miss in practice. But if you miss in the game, look, God is saying, look, I, look you're on a journey. It's okay if you mess this thing up. As long as you're putting it into practice. Put this word into practice. Quit beating yourself up and waiting for the big game. You imagine we're sitting in this room and, you know, Danny over here doesn't play uh, piano, I don't think. Uh, we're saying, Danny, all right, so here's the deal, man. In five months from now, I want you to tickle our ears. You're going you're to learn piano. You're going to prepare yourself. You're going you're gonna, to, yeah, you know, you're going to train. I got the best teacher. I, I got the teacher who trained Mozart. He's going to train you. And uh, I don't know how he's still alive, but it's just he's drinking some good juice. And, and so, you know, he's going to train you. And he has a classical ear. All you got to do is show up. A week goes by, I said, Danny, how's it going? He's going, man, I just, I missed a few of those things, but you know, I still want to do it. Just keep, just keep it going, man. Five months from now, I'm going to, I'm just going to go for it. I'm, I'm going to be there. And the, two weeks go by, I said, Danny, how, how's practice going, man? He's like, you know what? I, I don't think I can make it to it, but keep me on the thing. Keep me on the spot. Cause one day I, I want to play for everybody. I think it will happen. I, I think I'll just teach myself. Five months shows up. Danny, come on up. Danny walks out with the suit on. Everyone's like, wow, what's going to happen? This is amazing. He's got the best trainer. He's had the best training. Danny walks up to the, the piano. He grabs the mic. He starts singing. All of us start plugging our ears. He's playing, not chords, but he's playing discord. He had all the opportunity to prepare 
for what was coming, but because he chose not to prepare. I know we're excited about what's coming, but what about the preparation? This verse is all about preparation. In fact, it's saying, look, the storms are going to come to both people. I'll just let you know, whether you prepare or you don't prepare, life storms are going to hit you. And, and, and can I get a witness on that? Can I get a witness on anybody that say, man, I prepared and life still came at me. Like things still got crazy. Like I, I, I was tithing and I still, it's, I still got fired. I was, I was going through stuff. I was loving on people and people still hated on me. You could be doing the right things and still end up in a storm. The Bible is clear that, that one guy builds on the rock and the storms come, the waters rage, they come from every angle and the house doesn't go down. The other one builds on the sand and the storms come. And I think sometimes in church we teach if you do all the right things, then the storms won't come. And, and I came to tell you that's a lie because the storms are coming, baby. You live in a real world with a lot of hurt. People are going to hurt you. They're going to leave you. They're going to walk out. Welcome to life. But here is the hope that we have. Jesus said, take heart, because in this world, you'll have many troubles. I, I can't even count them on my hands. But good news is, I've overcome the world. I've overcome the world. I've overcome the world. I've overcome not just the world. I've overcome death, hell, and the grave. And as long as you build your life on me, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. You're going to make it through that boss firing him. You're going to make it through them kicking you out of your house. You're going to make it through a hundred more no's before you get a yes. You're going to make it through one more person rejecting you. You're going to make it even though daddy wasn't there and mama wasn't there. You're going to make it. Why? Because I will be your foundation. I will be your strength. We get so excited about, about the purpose that God has for us. In, in church, we talk about the purpose a lot. There's even a guy who wrote a book, amazing book, sold millions of copies, called The Purpose Driven Life. Amazing. We've gotten so good at talking about purpose because people want to hear about purpose. People will come in crowds to hear about purpose. People get excited about purpose because they've had a lot of people purposefully break them down. And now someone's purposefully building me back up. It gets exciting to hear about purpose. And I'm not opposed to preaching about purpose and getting excited about purpose. In fact, I'm here because this is my purpose. In other words, this is my destiny. All of you are in this city on purpose for purpose. You're chasing something. You're pursuing something. You got your business you're working on or, or your talent or, or, or your Instagram or, or, or your family or whatever. You have a purpose. And we talk about getting faith to walk out the purpose. We pray for the purpose. We give to see the purpose come to pass. But in this verse, Jesus pauses everybody and he says, enough talk about the purpose. Let's talk about the process. <laughs> I know you're excited about the purpose, but there ain't nobody quitting in the purpose. Most people quit in the process. We're going to talk about something really exciting called, called foundations. I know you're excited about the building. I know you've seen the blueprint. I know you've seen all the rooms I want to add. I know you've seen the balcony, the stairway. But 
Before we get there, let's talk about getting faith for here. A lot of people preach you into faith to have faith to believe that you have a destiny. And some people are so broken down, it takes a while to get them to even see that God has something planned for them. I can see it by looking into your eyes that, that some people in this room, you have been so beaten down over time that, that you're still trying to believe that God loves you, that he's for you, that he has a destiny for you, that he died so that you could have a big life, not a small life. And we preach so long there that we miss, that people finally get there and we sell them short because they don't realize it actually takes more faith in the process than it even does to get to the purpose. The amount of faith it got you to take to believe in the purpose is small in comparison to how much faith you're going to need to get through this process. Jesus looked at the disciples and he said, hey, follow me. They got up, followed. They didn't know where they're going. They started following him. Why? Because he was giving them the purpose. He was giving them purpose. People didn't believe in him. They kicked him out. Jesus said, no, I'm a rabbi. You're going to follow. I choose you. You didn't choose me. I choose you. They're following Jesus. You know when it got difficult? You know what his word for them was over and over again? You of little faith. Jesus kept calling them that. Oh, you thought I was gonna, we were going to die in that storm? You have little faith. Oh you, oh, you thought I was talking about real bread? No, I am the bread from heaven. You have little faith. Oh, yo, the small boy's lunch, I couldn't do it. Oh, you have a little faith. He, I mean, that was his, like, his word. Oh, the boy coming through the roof and got healed? Oh, you have a little faith. Come on, get some faith. He kept saying that. So, so why is he telling them that if they're on the journey? Looking at the purpose. He's telling them that because they didn't understand the process. He's telling them that because they thought the process will be easy as long as I have enough faith for the purpose. No, no. It's not the purpose that most people quit in. It's the process that most people say, man, and do this thing called Christianity. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. But you know what? I can't do all this. You know what? The disciples, they finally got to this place where Jesus kept picking on them enough where they said, fine, we're little faith. Then increase our faith. I dare you to look at God and say, God, I get it. I don't have a lot of faith, but increase it. Give me more faith to get through this process. Look, everybody likes downloading apps. I love downloading apps. I get up in the middle of the night. There's the top 10 new apps until my phone explodes and goes crazy. I'm downloading free apps. I'm hoping that they don't have all those ads that are going to drive me crazy. I'm downloading. The part I love is clicking the button. Yes. The part I hate is waiting for it to process. It's like 10 seconds and I can't handle it. I'm like, I just want to click it. I'm clicking it. It's like, take it. It's starting over. We love getting stuff, but we hate the process because the process isn't fun, but it's needed. Look, if I started looking at houses in LA and then I got really depressed and I just asked the Lord, help me because I can't afford any of these houses and the ones I can afford, I don't want to live there. I don't think I'll, I, you know, it's not where I want to live. It looks like a, a crack house. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's like a million dollars. And it looks like, I mean, can we be honest? You, go, you, you ever looked in Texas for that same price? You're like, wow, that's, I could be balling. <laughs> it's, it's, it's frustrating. So I started looking into other means. You know, I, I found this uh, way you can build a, sh a shipping container house. 
and they build it in Texas. I'm telling you, if you haven't seen this, you got to look it up. It's crazy. They got like Ikea furniture drop down in there. It's all, it's already made. And, and then so I started thinking, okay, well, I'm going to need a plot of land. So I started looking up land and I found out land is cheap and, and, and the shipping containers are cheap. So I started going, digging deeper. I even found all this land out in Malibu. I told our whole team, I said, there's like 60 acres out there. We could all move out there and just, just have our own roads. We could, we could do what we want. We could buy a helicopter together and fly into downtown. I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a crazy. I, I, I'm a dreamer. So anyways, I, you know, so I've been looking into land. And it's weird because one, one piece of land, there's this one house I found. Uh, not house, but this piece of land. It had all these trees. And, and the view was Silver Lake. Lake. It was like this view. And it, 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 was, it was pretty decent size, but it was only $50,000. I thought, wow, $50,000. I can drop that container on there. We could have a baller house. $50,000? Come on, man. I could find someone to loan me $50,000. And so I'm planning it all out until I discovered that the same size land with not as good of a view was a million dollars. I thought, wow. Well, so I started doing research. started talking to me, And I found out that the reason why that one was so cheap is because the soil on that land was different from the soil on the other land. That the soil on the land that was cheap could not bear a heavy load. That it was not even enough of a load that could handle a house. And in order to ever build a house on it, I would have to spend thousands, maybe millions, in digging down till I found soil that could handle the weight I wanted to put on it. The other one had rock on the top. In fact, there's a guy, there's, there's a whole job that a person has that people will, they'll, they'll hire him to come out to their land and look at the points of their land, and then he gets a little scoop, and he scoops a part of the soil, and he'll take it back to a lab, and he will, he will pull that soil apart till he finds out the amount of load that soil can handle. And the heavier of a load that it can handle, the more valuable that property is. Because if it's heavy, it could handle a big building. In fact, if you build on soil that cannot handle a load, then part of the building will begin to sink. I have a picture of the Leaning Tower of Pisa, and that's what happened there. They built this amazing building, but the architect forgot to get a guy to survey the dirt. And three spots of the building had rock. But one didn't. And it started sinking like a ship in water. Because the heavier you have to build, the stronger your soil has to be. We keep going to God and saying, God, I want a skyscraper. And God's like, I want to do it. But look at this soil that's on your land. What is that? Oh, that's the soil that my dad threw on me. That's the soil that my friend threw on me. 
that's their rejection. I just, yeah, they piled it off there. They dug something on theirs and they piled it on me. Yeah, I know it's just sitting all around. God's saying, no, first before we build, we have to dig down. We have to get rid of all these lies and we have to get down to the truth. We have to start digging out all these hurts and all these wounds. And I'm not digging you down to embarrass you. I'm not digging you down to bury you. I'm digging you down so I can build what I wanted to build in the first place on your life. And the heavier... The purpose, the stronger the process has to be. If you want a big purpose, you have to be prepared for a long process. On my back is Billy Graham. This is our shirts, Fearless Apparel. Billy Graham lived in a human body just like me. In fact, this is a picture of him in downtown preaching the gospel of thousands. We are no different. We have the same 24 hours a day. But I wonder if I were to look into Billy Graham's life. Did he just live with the topsoil? Or did he, did he put the word into practice? Did he say, God, there's a big purpose. So the bigger the purpose, the more faith I got to have in the process. Come in with me, God. Get inside this hole with me. Come on, let's dig out together. And him and God just started digging, digging through all his hurts, all his wounds. I wonder, I wonder if Martin Luther King, who, who we just see his, his marches and his speeches, I wonder if we could look at his prayer life. What kind of prayer life did Martin Luther King, they say, they say there was this one moment where people were saying they were going to kill him. There was death threats on his, on his life. People were knocking on the doors. They put burning crosses in front of his house. And he, and he had this moment where he could freak out and take his family into hiding. And he heard the voice of the Lord through his prayer time say, no, I'm going to protect this house. Do not leave this house. And he stayed fast there. I wonder what kind of prayer life he had to have to sit through those kind of fears and those kind of anxieties. He was he was digging a firm foundation. He was saying, you know what, God? If you got a big destiny for me, if you got a big tower, if you want to build something big, God, I'm going to get down. See, they find the strongest of soil usually has to be found not on the top level, but you got to dig down to get it. And the further you get down into the earth, the stronger the surface becomes. Unless there's a hole that's been buried there. And then you got to look for those. You say, oh, I didn't know that was there. I didn't know those wounds. Have you, have you ever dug down and you got a lot of hard surface and there's this one area? There's like a sinkhole? Don't start building yet. Deal with the sinkhole. Many of us are like, oh, I just, I just want to be a preacher. I just want, I want to be famous. I want, I want to do that. No, no, don't start building this building until you take care of the foundation. Because many have and many buildings have crashed. You, you, you've never lived inside a crashed building, have you? You haven't lived inside a broken family, have you? You haven't gone to church with broken people, have you? Oh, you ne- you've never been under leadership of someone that built a big building and they didn't take care of the foundation, huh? Well, I have. I still have scars and wounds from pieces of buildings that should have been healthy fall on me. So I'm going to make a choice of my life. If I'm going to invite people to live in this house, I'm going to prepare the foundation. 
If I'm going to invite people to live in this house of safety, I'm going I'm to put my foundation as him. I'm, I'm going to trust him before I build up to let you see. I'm going to dig down to let him see. God, dig down in me. Remove anything that needs to be removed. Prepare the soil. Prepare the plot of land. Do what you've got to do. God, because I know the amount of faith I put into this will determine the load that can stand on it. God, I'm not just building an average life. I'm going to change the world. Do what you want, but I'm going to bring revolution to this world. And if I'm going to do that, I can't see the top of this building. But the architect cannot start designing until you bring him the soil. He tests it, and he goes, okay, that soil can handle this weight. Do you want to build? No. Give me some more time. What about this soil? Better. That soil can handle this way. That's good, but give me some more time. I picture Jesus doing this. You know, most of us that want to go into ministry, we go to college for three years, four years, and then we try to do ministry for a lifetime. Jesus went to college for 30 years, did ministry for three. You know what he was doing? Let me get some more. Not my will, but your will. Come on. No, there's still some loose. There's a pit hole right here. I felt rejected from my brother, Andrew. My my mom and dad, they didn't get me. Come on. I I felt abandoned. I just got to. You know, the, the Bible says that Jesus went through every pain we went through. Every hurt we went through, he had to become us to reach us. You, you know, he had to walk in. You know, you know that, that even Jesus is God telling us, I'm into processes. If not, he would have sent Jesus as a man. He didn't. He sent him as a, as a baby. So he could walk through the processes. Because the purpose without the process will collapse. Maybe you're like, man, I already started building. What do I do now? The good news is, sometimes you don't have to tear it down. In fact, some buildings that get hit by storms, they don't rip them down. They dig a little tunnel underneath. They put a funnel in there and they just start pumping concrete underneath. You know what God's doing here in your life today? He's been using me to dig a little tunnel on the side of your building. I've been digging with the word. Every little verse I've been digging. I've just been digging. I'm just up here digging. And now God's going, okay, I can put more in there. If you take this word and you say, I want it. I want this word. It's me dropping that funnel down into your life. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to solidify the places that were weak. I'm, I'm going to strengthen the building where it would have started leaning. The cracks came from life. You could do nothing about it. It happened. It wasn't your fault. But it came. And someone taught you how to build wrong. Someone taught you how to build on religion. Someone had taught you how to build without going through the process. This is like Peter. Peter started building. I'll never leave you, Lord. I'll always stand by you. <laughs> Three days later, Peter's like, I don't know who that guy is. Wait, he had built on his own pride. And God said, okay, I'm okay. 
we're not going to tear the building down, Peter. Let's stick a funnel in there. Come on, I'm, I'm, it's called love. I'm, I'm going to stick this in there, and I'm going to pour concrete in there. And all of a sudden, the same Peter that ran and could not confess Jesus to Girl Scout cookie girls cusses them out and runs away. The same Peter still carrying a dagger, cutting off guards' ears. The same Peter is the one who preaches the gospel to thousands because God's like, I'm going to pump some Holy Spirit down in there. I'm going to pump some of my word. Now your obedience in your obedience. Don't worry about all the times you've been disobedient. Say, God, you know what? This is the moment. Buildings have to be underpinned is what it's called. Underpinned in two situations. Number one, when they're crumbling. Maybe the purpose you've had in life is crumbling because of the storm. Maybe your building in your life is showing signs of sinking in one area. Maybe the ground around your building is cracking. Maybe the foundational system cannot bear the weight of the purpose in your life. So God says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to underpin, I'm going to put in today what isn't there. But the other kind of person that needs an underpinning is not the person crumbling, is whenever you construct. In downtown, there's been a lot of construction. Some new buildings, some old buildings. And when they redo these old buildings, they will spend millions preparing the structure so that it could handle more. In fact, I went into one building for Fearless and it looked amazing. I said, this is awesome. And he goes, you will spend $1 million before you ever see it. Because this building has, it needs more to go bigger. Maybe for some of you, it's not that you're cracked. You keep beating yourself up like, oh, I'm just crumbling. No, no. God's just trying to add a second floor. He's trying to add another level. He's trying to add a whole new wing. He's saying, no, I, I got to pump it. You need to get John 3.16 again because I need to pump in some stuff because I'm about to, maybe some of you are believing for a family. Maybe some of you are believing, that, hey, this is the year I'm going to meet, whatever it is. This is the year I'm going to start my business. You're at, more is always more. Look, adding another floor is adding more weight to your life. As this church goes, you know what God does? He goes, okay, dig a hole stick in my word and I'm like oh man I'm going through insecurity I'm going through fear I'm like why am I back here God's not no, no you're not back here I'm adding another level you got to trust me in this another level some of you have been beating yourself up like God I can't handle this I'm back here again and God's like no you're not you're not crumbling I've been repurposing I've been reconstructing some of you have lived a whole life and you recently gave your life to Christ. You've lived 30 years running from God. And God says, no, I'm not tearing down the building, Paul. I'm just going to put a pipe in. You know, that, that was Paul. Peter was crumbling. Paul, God was adding a second floor, a third floor, fourth floor. Whatever place you're in, trust the Lord of the work. You know, when I was about 23 years old, I would see all these guys speaking at these events and our youth group was growing and I would get jealous. I would say, man, I, I wish I could speak at that event. I wish I could do that. I wish someone saw that in me. And I would always feel like, you know, God, have you forgotten me? Like, why'd you pick him? He didn't pick me. You ever, you ever felt like that? 
And I remember just, just kind of feeling like, okay, I'm just going to trust the process. I'm going to keep doing what I know to do. I'm going to keep digging this out. But I always had that hurt inside my head, my heart. And one time I was fasting during this time. And I was at my house, and I heard the Lord say to me, do you feel the sun? I'm like, that's weird. I was like, yeah, I feel the sun. Because you know I made that, right? I said, yeah, of course I know that. He said, no, you know that I made that. How amazing is it? And all of a sudden, the sun got brighter. I'm like, I'm like tripping. I'm like, dude, this is the, and I'm like, wow, okay, I'm outside my house. When you're fasting, I'm used to hearing God like, and I'm like crying. I'm like crying because of the sun. I'm like, wow, the sun, the sun. I'm like trying to get glasses. I'm like, and God goes, just like I made that sun, I made your destiny. He said, do you trust me? And actually, I didn't. And I had to make a choice that day. I have to trust him over what I feel like I'm supposed to have. Probably, and as soon as I prayed that, I, 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 I went to work the next day. The secretary said, hey, I need to talk to you after this. I got a few calls. I said, what do you, what do you mean you got a few calls? She said, um, some guy was praying in New York this morning. And he called and he said, he doesn't know who you are. He just heard your name. God spoke Jeremy Johnson, Modesto. And he said, call him and invite him to speak at your conference. I said, that's weird. He goes, and then she said, and there was four more. Can I tell you about it? And she, she starts, namely all these places that these people all of a sudden wanted me to speak. And I just went to my office. And I just cried. I said, what are you doing, God? And he goes, I was teaching you something. I ended up at all these places speaking. I'm at this camp. And after I would speak, the guy who was leading the camp would just rail me. I, I would preach, people would get saved, God would move, and then the guy who was running it would come up and just like demean me, like, oh, that was too long, that wasn't good. And I would go to my cabin and I would cry every night. I would go to my cabin and cry every night. Finally, I called one of my mentors. And I said, man, I don't know, what to, I'm, this guy's like angry, I don't know what's happening, like I can't do, I'm trying to do what he's asking. And he said, Jeremy, God built you for this moment. He said, think about it. I didn't even tell him all this stuff I was thinking. He goes, remember a year ago when you were wondering why you couldn't be doing this? God wasn't holding you back. He was protecting you from the weight of this moment. And all of a sudden, all that hurt that I felt like God had forgotten me, I realized the whole time he was loving me. He was protecting me from the load I wasn't ready to handle. And I had to spend a few more months learning who he was in my life before I could get to that place. And I'll tell you what. If I wouldn't have done that, that day I would have quit and I wouldn't have been your pastor. But I got through that day because I got through the other day. Because I had a solid foundation. And every day, he's, he's constructing you. He's preparing you. He's not holding things back because he doesn't love you. He's saying, get it, man. Get the ground clear. Pull the dirt back.
back. Get the rock ready. I've been waiting. I've been waiting for all of eternity to develop these plans I have for you. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And when you call on me, I will answer you. Come on, but you got to dig. 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 You got to obey my word. You got to say, God, one day at a time. One day at a time. You know, the more you start developing the foundation, you show your faith in the purpose. The more you say, God, I'm developing. Hey, y'all going to go do that? Hey, I don't have time. I'm preparing. I got something coming in five months. I got I to gotta get with the teacher on it. I'm preparing because one day I will stand before the great seat of judgment. And God will say, how'd you do with that life I gave? And I said, God, I, I left it all on the field. I took everything out. I, I've developed what you gave me. I took my piece of ground that was worth nothing. And I dug down till the value was seen by others. See, God is helping you develop value in yourself. He's helping you understand who you are. There is greater things underneath the surface. You just got to dig down it's there just keep trusting just keep believing just keep you know what our worship is our worship is saying God I trust you in the preparation I trust you in the, the meantime I trust you I don't understand I trust you I'm, I feel like I'm digging a grave but God I'm not digging a grave because you didn't come to put me in a grave you came to build something on my life I'm digging a foundation a firm foundation Maybe in this room you say, God, I need you to increase my faith. You have little faith? Okay, God, you got all the faith? Increase my faith. Increase my faith to trust you in the process. Give me the tenacity, the courage. God, I know anybody could get excited about the promise, but God, I want to get excited about the process. Why? I want to get excited because you're here with me. We're going to do this thing together. We're going to dig this. I'm not alone. I've not been abandoned. I've not been left out. God, I'm going to trust. Thank you, Jesus. This is the place where you start going, God, thank you for my broken bones. Thank you for the turmoil. Thank you for those people leaving me. They were just sand in my life. Thank you for that job walk. That must have just been sand. You were removing some stuff to get the cornerstone in. Thank you for that. Thank you for that hurt. Thank you for that rejection. Thank you for them walking out. Thank you for that life. Thank you, God. It hardened the surface so you could build something. This is worship. This is when we lift our hands. We can praise him in the middle, in the process. Can you praise him in the process? I know you can praise him in the promise, but it gets dangerous when you start praising him in the process. God, I want worship you for what I'm walking through. I praise you for the nights I cried. I was watering my seeds. The nights I wanted to give up. You were doing something in me. You were strengthening me. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Whoa. Come on, if you felt like quitting, if you felt like giving up, come on, in, in the process, I want you to wave at me. Come on, I was going to ask the Lord to strengthen you. God, I, I pray for strength. I pray you would remind them who you are. Our Father which art in heaven, how would I be thy name? Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Father, not my will, but yours. Lord, whatever you have me in, I trust you. Lord, we want to pray like David, though you slay me, I will trust you. 
Father, we trust you. We trust you. We trust you. We trust you. Thank you, Jesus. You are not a failure. Practice makes perfect. God says, put this word into practice and let it make you perfect. Practice makes perfect. God, Holy Spirit, work in us. In Jesus' name. Would you grab your neighbor's hand all across this room? Would you bow your head and close your eyes? What an amazing time we've had together. Wish we had more. you're in this room under the sound of my voice I need you to know that my God did not die on a cross so that bad people could become good my God was killed by religious people who were all trying to be good in fact he didn't even fit into their mold of what they wanted my God he came and he was the great exchange he died on the cross so I could live in his place he basically told his father I want you to look at me as if I lived their life so that you can look at them as if they live my life he gave his life up so you could have life why live one more day dead my God didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people live. And he wants to give you life today. You say, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I... You can't be ready for life. Just like you can't get well before going to the hospital. You show up at the hospital because you're sick. You show up needing life because you're dead. If you're in this room under the sound of my voice, I don't care how long you've been in church. I don't care if your grandma, I don't, I don't, I don't care anybody. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm tired of being dead. Today is a real day. You're in this room. You say, man, I, I just need that life. I'm so tired of being dead. I need that free gift of life in my life. I want you to squeeze your neighbor's hand. Ready? One, that's you. Come on, don't be that stubborn one. If, if you don't do it now, God's going to meet you at Walmart through some old lady. He's going to come. He's going to come at the gas station. It's going to be a homeless. I don't, I don't know who it's going to be. He's going to hit you at all angles till you receive his love. He is reckless about his love. Why not now? Why not with family? Ready? One, two, three. If your neighbor squeezed your hand on the count of three, I just want you to lift up that hand. And we're all going to cheer. Ready? One, two, three. Come on, hands are going up right over here. I see those hands. I see those hands. I see that hand. I see that hand. Thank you for listening. If you have something that you need prayer for, we would love to pray for you. Visit fearlessla.com slash fearless TV to fill out a prayer request or find more information about Fearless Church.